This is KRO, Ken's Random Observations. Welcome to Episode 8 of KRO, Ken's Random Observations. Today we'll talk about snacks, and we'll also talk about punctuation marks that are being misused, or at least one of them. Another dubious instruction that relates to food And we're going to have a special guest today. My guest will be Mavis Frugge. And if you don't know who Mavis is, you will know shortly. I'll introduce you to her. But let's get started with pretzels. I remember when I was in school, particularly in middle school, when you had recess, you could go and buy snacks. You know, you could buy Fritos and chips and stuff. You could also buy pretzels. Those long skin, well, they weren't long, about three or four inches. And they were covered with salt. I think they were called roll gold. I'm not sure. But they were awesome because I love salt. And I I loved salt even more then. So you could eat the pretzels that were in there. And when you got through, there was a whole bunch of salt, just, you know, salt crystals. It was kind of like kosher salt, I guess. Then you could tilt that into your mouth and get all that goodness or lack of goodness of salt. But recently... I went to Super One and I bought a bag of pretzels and it says America's pretzels since 18 something or other. So I opened the bag up. I'm having a lunch and I'm like, crunch, crunch, crunch. Wait, crunch, crunch, crunch. There's no salt on these things. And then I look, it is salted, but very, very slightly salted but not what I was used to in school. I'll admit that was a long time ago before we knew that salt was really bad for you. But I was was kind of disappointed in these particular pretzels. They just, they didn't evoke memories of my childhood. But anyway, let's move on to pizza boxes. Now, I've talked about pizza in the past, but this is in particular about a pizza box with a stupid instruction. Now, when you buy a pizza and it comes to you, whether it's delivered or you bought it and bring it home, it's in a pizza box, which is generally square with a round pizza that's cut into triangles. I've been over this before, but that's not the point with this. A pizza box and it has a label on it that says open before eating. And I had to look at that twice and say, how else could I eat this? Should I just crunch on the cardboard outer protective shell? Open before eating. Have we devolved into this? Don't answer that because I'm sure we have devolved into that. This is KRO, Ken's Random Observations. I'll be back with my guest in just a moment, but first this. If you haven't heard about Anchor, It's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. First, it's free. That's right, free. That's pretty enticing right there for me. And there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your computer or your phone. Now, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you. So it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Anchor will help you make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. It's easy. Download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. 
Joining me today is my first ever guest on Ken's Random Observations is Mavis Frugier, and she's spearheaded so many French initiatives. Her life's work, I think, is kind of culminating in St. Luke, which will be an immersion school for adults. Mavis, tell us a little bit about the school, what you hope to accomplish, and, and where you stand now with the school. First of all, I have to let everybody know that St. Luke, L-U-K-E, was the community hospital in Orleville, and it has been closed for more than 15 years. And here sat this vacant but good, solid cinder block building in Orleville. And uh, we want to repurpose. Eight of us put up the money to buy it. From uh, It belonged to St. Martin and St. Landry Pair. It was a long struggle to get to ownership. We have a building and um, where the vandals have been through and done some mischief. We're cleaning it up, and it will be the home of St. Luke, but we're spelling it. We've kept the name, only we're spelling it the French way, just L-U-C. Um. Because that's so known in Orneville in that little yeah. It's St. Luke, French Immersion, Campus and Cultural Center. Because it won't be just French classes. And when we say French, we're talking about Louisiana French. Cajun, Creole, and the Indians, which mm. I hear is the largest speaking French in, uh, faction in Louisiana. I did not know that. Anyway, so we have been doing work in the building, cleaning washing walls, uh, removing graffiti, uh, replacing broken windows. Now we don't have water, so it's the building is 33,000 feet of building, almost five acres of land in the middle of Orneville. Orneville is a small community, and it's by parish, St. Landry and St. Martin. The southern fringe of Orneville is in St. Martin. The hospital is located in St. Landry. It's quite the project, and... Uh, we're struggling because we've spent our money buying the building, and now we're struggling to raise money to do the repairs. We need a new roof. We need the water system put back in. We need new floors. We need a new kitchen. The vandals took fire extinguishers and sprayed fire extinguishers in the cast iron stove and oven. It made all of that rust. If you look at the whole of it, it, it is a bit overwhelming, but I take it a room at a time. We're making progress and it's going to be a wonderful project. We want to, to uh, mimic what St. Anne's does. And for people who don't know what St. Anne's is, it's a school up in Nova Scotia. It's a French immersion school for adults. And you can go, I think, for one week, three weeks, or five weeks. You live on campus. If you speak English three times, they send you packing and you lose your tuition. And, you know, I, I think it's a marvelous idea. I haven't been, but I think it's a great idea. And to have it here in Arneville, that will be amazing. I am happy to say I went to St. Anne's in the spring of 2006. I just loved it. I absolutely loved it. Yeah. And I came back and I was so pumped up about my French heritage. And uh, I started a French table in Orneville in 2006. And until the pandemic hit us, uh, we were on our 14th year of having a French table at New News in Orneville. That was so much fun. And I hope someday we get back to it. Ken, we've been doing a pilot program. LSU had come and looked at that building, at that old hospital, five different times. And finally, LSU said, we don't want to own another building, but we'll send you a teacher and some students. And let's see if you can do a week of French immersion in Orneville. 
So we did. They sent us Amanda LaFleur, who happens to be a personal friend, Amanda with some students, and I think they also sent another teacher, Kathy Luquette, with her. And we did a week of nothing but French. Like the first night, the icebreaker is a bourree night. Now, <laughs> it's not to teach young people how to gamble because we played with matchsticks. But there are words specific to that activity. Yeah. You have to learn the names of the cards, the colors, the different suits in the different plays. And, and the student will sit at one table for a half hour, then you rotate. So you may sit with the Cajun and a Creole, and uh, you you know how we all sound differently in French, right? Sure, sure. We have different accents. We say things differently from different parishes. So the students told us that they felt like they were in a foreign country. Imagine that in Orneville. And we got such good press, other universities started contacting us wanting to come. So for six years, we've been doing this. It's, we just do a week at a time. Amanda does the classroom, Amanda Lutler, and we get other people who we go to see Miss Rebecca Henry in Opelousas, who does wonderful Creole projects with the, the kids in that area. We go to um, Sacred Heart Academy, hear that history. We go Cajun dancing in Lafayette. They go crawfishing. Oh, wow. And Amanda knows how to, they have to have rubber boots and, and cane poles and all that. And uh, she teaches them how to crawfish. And Mr. Batmos Lormo, who has since passed away, but he would teach them how to make an etouffee. We've had NYU has come three times, Indiana State, Bucknell University, St. Lawrence University. All these people have come in the last six years. I am younger than the people that were punished to speak French. My parents were probably the last group. My dad was born in 1917. So he felt that. So did my mother, you know, the being punished for speaking French. But when I was growing up, you know, it was, I guess, one of those things that our parents and grandparents had been punished so much that we didn't think about it. But fortunately, I spoke French with my grandmother probably before I spoke English. So I lucked out. But when I was in school, nobody said, hey, we ought to speak French because it just wasn't cool. We were becoming Americans. And it's a shame that our culture and our language was almost wiped out. And, and I'm glad that it's been resurrected. And, and I'm proud to, to be working with anybody who wants to do it. You know, like you said, you started a French table in 2006. We started ours in Youngsville about a year and a half ago at the, uh, the uh, East Side Library. I asked for a room for 12. The first week we had five people. The next week we had 14. Yeah. So it was growing just exponentially. And that was amazing. We had a woman from New Caledonia. We had three from France and others from around here. It was great. So there is a desire and a need for it. And, you know, I, I really applaud all the efforts that you've put into it. Let's talk about money because, you know, you mentioned you need water, you need a roof, you need all kinds of things. So how much would it cost to get running water back into the school? Well, I just did a little raffle. Mm. I, did, I needed $5,000. So I'm, um, I started growing brown cotton five years ago. The brown cotton, um, the artisans who are spinners and weavers would like the heritage cotton. There's a renewed interest in it. Yeah. And, uh, 
so I started going a brown cotton. Anyway, I donated a brown cotton blanket, which has the value of $250. A friend, an artist friend gave us an original painting, a Mardi Gras theme. Philippe Dustand, I think it's France-Louisiane, gave us a couple of prints. He brought that in. I needed $5,000 to pay for the water. And uh, in three weeks' time, I had so I made a thousand tickets in three weeks' time. I had sold um, over 700 of my tickets. So it was quite the success. So I've got the money for the water. But what we need now is a roof. We were quoted $300,000 for the roof because they have to remove the old one. And then another construction person said, you need to put insulation on top of that. And before that's another hundred and somewhat thousand dollars. I'm telling you, kid, I don't know how we'll get it, but uh, I'm hoping the, go- the giving day helps yeah. us raise the money that we need. Explain that giving day. Well, that's through a, a community foundation of Acadiana. That's an annual thing. It's Louisiana's giving day. I understand there's a match if you raise so much money. We were given $50,000. Wow. In memory of Mr. George Romney, the husband of Ellen Olivier, Mr. John Olivier's sister. John Olivier was the mayor of Sunset for many, many years. So this is in memory of Mr. George Romney. So we will name, I don't know what, the room or wing or something in Mr. Ramir's uh, honor, but we're so grateful for this generous gift, and we're hoping that other people contribute and help us uh, get our new roof. Raymond Hebert with Community Foundation of Acadiana is so kind and tells us all the ins and outs and what we need to do to raise this money, and he's so knowledgeable, and his staff as well. So we're we're optimistic. So what, I, what I'm going to do is I'm going to put on my uh, Facebook page, you know, below what we're doing now on this podcast, I'll put the address that can send a check to uh, maybe some contact phone numbers. And I'm going to tell everybody, if you have a civic group that would like to get involved, I bet they could go there and help clean up. And oh, absolutely. how about church groups? I know many churches that go out and do civic projects or like in, they went to Lake Charles during the hurricane relief and stuff like that. So maybe if you've got a church group and you're listening to this, or you've got a student group, just a, a civic organization, you'd like to volunteer, get in touch with Mavis through Facebook or get in touch with me during the podcast or on my Facebook page. And uh, Mavis, I'm sure could use every hand she could get. Oh my goodness. Yes. And yes. send, send money, send money. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so kind of you to have me. I want to tell about another part that uh, when I discovered the brown cotton, I realized I had never seen anyone work a spinning wheel. I've never seen anyone work on a loom except for at Vermilionville. Some people would say, oh, my grandmother had one or I didn't know anyone who had a spinning wheel. I think now with the pandemic and a lot of people losing their jobs, and perhaps there are people sitting at home looking for something new to do. We will have a textile department. And I have selected a big room in that hospital to put the textile department in there, l'atelier de tissage. And we have spinning wheels and we have looms. Wow. We are ready to go. What I am looking for 
is instructors. We are looking for instructors. We are so, uh, I want to learn how to spin. I want to learn how to weave. I have friends who are interested as well. We have the equipment. We just don't yet know how to work. Mm. But we will. I would think that we can revive interest in that. And that's a good thing to learn in French. That's a whole other vocabulary there. Yeah. Because there's certain words that it's specific yeah. to that activity. So I, I want to do that. Of course, you know, there's always the cooking element. Ed Roy wants to do classes at St. Luke. <laughs> Imagine I, that. Imagine that. Ed is so much fun and he's so uh, enthusiastic. And, you know, carving. Did you ever see your grandpa sit on the back step with a pocket knife and carve a little something? No, not not mine. Nope. Not yours, but nope. you know that guy. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Why don't we do that anymore? Too much television, too much, I don't know, Facebook and Zoom. things like that. Zoom? Yeah. Parce que tout le monde a peut faire le Zoom, parce que ça peut pas parler en vie. It's a shame. We're doing an interview about a French immersion. And we're having to do most of it in English because I want to make sure that everybody understands it. And I, I run across so many people who say, man, my grandparents used to speak it and I heard it. I don't know how to speak it. So we're doing the interview in English in hopes of getting some of those people interested in going to St. Luke or joining some of the French tables. Goodness gracious. There's one almost every day. And uh, we've taken up the uh, the French in that we have apéros everywhere. And Consadi uh, and Ur Happy Hour, yeah. So, so we've done a few of those too. So, Mavis, is there anything else we ought to talk about about the school or, or just French in general? Well, the school, you know, we will be, once we clean it all up. People can be lodged there. There's potential for 33 bedrooms. We have uh, already cleaned up a room for the library because I was given so many books. We have a section that is all French books. The other side is all English. I was given somebody's life work in genealogy, a whole set of all the Hebert's genealogy books, all the families of Acadiana. So that's quite a gift. And so we have a genealogy room already set up where, you know, we wash the walls and polish the shelves and the books are in place and we're ready to start meeting whenever we can do that again. Well, Mavis, I'm going to run out of time. So I'd like to mention the, the brown cotton again. I saw the video with you discussing brown cotton, you out in the field. How many acres or how much space do you have devoted to brown cotton? I do just one acre. I'm on the family farm where I grew up. So I have 88 acres, but I only plant one acre of cotton. Parallel to it is a pollinator habitat. It's a one acre that I'm just letting grow wild. I have Montgillier growing on it. I have mulberry trees. Yes. Yeah. All kinds of great herbal remedies are going to come out of that. Exactly. Yeah. So I'm looking for no rain so I can get my field plowed and plant my cotton for this year because it's time. I'm, I'm thrilled that you joined me today and we'll put this out on Facebook and it, it's available on Spotify, Pocket Cast. I think I've on six different platforms. So hopefully we can generate some revenue, generate some interest, and I will keep promoting the school because I think there are a lot of people that would love to see it be a success. Thank you so much for the opportunity, Ken. I'm most grateful. Comme ça dit, c'est pas de quoi. This is KRO, 
Ken's Random Observations. Closing out today, I'd like to talk to you about the overuse of a punctuation mark. I don't get why everything has to be exclaimed these days. And I think it started with social media or unsocial media, whatever. It's like so many people post stuff on Facebook and, you know, they'll put LOL, laughing out loud, with a punctuation mark that it is an exclamation mark. Now, for some reason, it seems to fit there. Of course, many times the LOL doesn't fit. And it's like, I got up this morning, LOL. I got up this morning, LOL, exclamation mark. It's a big surprise that you got up. I understand that. But it doesn't have to be punctuated with an exclamation mark. You can go through, let's say, 10 out of 20 posts on Facebook, and you will see exclamation marks all over the place. And, you know, when you're reading literature, especially classic literature, you didn't see exclamation marks everywhere. The sun broke over the horizon, exclamation mark. The sun went down tonight, exclamation mark. Exclamation marks are being way overused, and I just wish people would stop it. But I know that's not going to happen. Exclamation mark. That's all for episode number eight. I hope you will join me next time. In the meantime, hit the follow button and share with your friends. This is KRO, Kim's Random Observations.